I think we got it. Just the two of us. We got this. We got this. Just the two, two of, of us. us. <laughs> we can make it if we try. Just the two of us. Just the two of us. Just the two of us. <clears throat> Building yeah. castles in the sky. Just the two of us. You and I. And with that said. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to Anime Club After Dark's movie reviews, a discussion detailing the good, the bad, and the downright ridiculous of anime movies. I'm your host Alex, but you can call me Senpai, and joining me tonight, I just have our czar of source material, John. You spoke that way too fast. I'm still looking up the lyrics to it. Hold on. (laughs) I'll wait. I see the crystal raindrops fall and the beauty of it all. When the sun comes shining through. <laughs> Man, if some of y'all could see the stuff that we talk about and the, sh- the shit that we do in the pre-roll for these, like just getting ourselves hyped up to do this shit, you'd think we're absolutely insane, which, I mean, to be fair, we are. We are. I mean, I've been tested. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, two of us have gotten together. Because, uh, we are reviewing the beautiful wonderful nope. what's ni- happening you're lagging home. out bro the alligators are attacking your internet again it's fine it's fine it's fine uh, we are reviewing the triggers 2019 film promare for uh this movie review now for anyone out there who's been watching us for a long time thank you by the way uh and you might think hey haven't you talked about this before shut up we're doing it again <laughs> I don't when think the movie originally came a... out, me and Shinoda did do a spoiler cast on it. Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's kind of weird that we picked um, Premiere for like a movie review, even though we did but, a spoiler cast on it. But you know what? I don't care. We're doing it again because Premiere <laughs> is just that good. Now, I do want to say uh, this is like my 10th time rewatching this show. This was John's first. So yeah. uh, you're getting two kind of different perspectives on this. Although I think we both kind of come to the same conclusion by the end. I mean, I am not a Trigger fanboy, right? Trigger has burned me. The, the other three of us on the podcast 100% are. Yeah, you guys will just suck uh, Imayushi's dick off all day. 100%. Not me, my, there goes my hero. <laughs> like, I, I hold Trigger in high regard because I like a lot of trigger shows, you know, Gurren mm-hmm. Logan being like my, probably my favorite. And then, um, kill a kills up there too. Kill a kills really good. Um, BNA was okay. I mean, and we just, didn't we do a spoiler cast on that? BNA? Uh, yes. Me and show, I believe did. I think, Oh, that's right. You didn't want me on because I was going to dunk all over it. No, I think, well, I knew you were going to. You strategically started without me because you didn't want me to hate on it so hard. Slander. I think we actually did intentionally schedule at a time. You said you weren't going to be available, though. (laughs) Exactly. To avoid me, the SAR source material, just showing you all the things that's wrong with Trigger and how they're going down the toilet. But yeah, Um, I, I, I. usually review trigger things with a critical eye because i've been burned by stupid shows like he's Niver and darling, darling and the franks. franks 
Um, so, see, the problem with Darling the Frank, so we talked about it before, is that it just goes on too long. It just it should have ended like at episode 15 or so. <laughs> it's too long for its own good. But anyway, we're here to talk about Premiere. Um, it was uh, Trigger's first foray into uh, feature-length uh, films. Um, directed, of course, by the one and only Hiroyuki Imaishi. Um, the it was GOAT. Written- the goat um it was written by uh kazuki nakashima who also uh was the script writer for unsurprisingly gurren Lagann, kill a kill bna and uh batman ninja uh which is really good if you haven't seen it uh, it was produced obviously as we've been talking by studio trigger um i do want to give a big shout out to one of the uh co-producers uh the studio co-producers on this uh particular film it is uh I'm going to probably butcher Sans again. I think that's how you say it. Um, they did all the 3D CG work on on this movie, and it's it's beautiful, and we'll get into it when we talk about the animation and cinematography of uh, of Premiere. Um, now, this film was originally released in Japanese theaters on May 24th, 2019, in North America on September 17th of 2019. Um we couldn't find a budget information for this. Sadly, um, we decided not to ask Chat GPT this time. No, 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 no. I asked Chat GPT. Oh, you, is that like, what you're Chat... doing just now? No, 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 no. I'm looking up Imaishi's works, but I asked Chat GPT because mm-hmm. of what happened last time, where it's like I'm, my sources that I made it the fuck up. I'm this wondering time, if it's just going to tell us to go fuck ourselves. Well, this time Chat GPT was like there have been no disclosures of their financials for um, Which, budget from, for what we, from what we found out that seems to be true because we couldn't find anything yeah and i was just like oh man maybe i'll look through uh triggers financial reports during the time Pramar, oh, premier Pramare, premier <laughs> i keep wanting Pramare. to say Pramare. <laughs> yeah i keep wanting to say Pramare, but it's premier yeah, I, and I was like, I'm trying to comb through their financials and stuff to figure out the budget. I'm like, fine, if you won't tell me, I'll figure it out myself. Fine, I'll do it myself. Uh, I just, I'll just call you my Yishi up. I'm like, hey, bro, yeah. how much did you spend on uh, Premiere? Bro. Um, we do know that it has a worldwide box office, at least as of um, November of 2023, of 17 million U.S. dollars. Um, which is kind of surprising considering how big this movie was when it came out. And it's gotten like, I don't know, three or four different theatrical re-releases in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I because of how widespread um, Premiere was when it released, because quite literally when it released, I remember seeing prints upon prints everywhere. everywhere. And I was just like, what is that? That looks like. Is that Kamina? It's like that's not Kamina. Who is that? And I'm like, who is this blue-haired Kamina that is yeah, like, upon me? Who is this other guy who kind of looks like Kamina and this drawn in the Trigger art style? And I'm like, oh, that's from the newest Trigger anime premiere. And I'm like, oh, Trigger. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is me coming right off of Keys Niver. So I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay, fine. I will, I will never forgive Trigger for Keys Niver ever. It's it could have been good. It could have been good. It just wasn't. <laughs> The premise was fine. The execution, piss poor. Which is crazy, considering it was written by the same person who wrote Machia. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the weirdest fucking part. But anyway, this is neither here uh, nor there. No. Uh, uh, we couldn't find a budget, and I couldn't hack into their financials to figure it unfortunate, out. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. <laughs> um, but yeah, it does seem like a little bit of a lowball box office, considering how much it was just kind of everywhere when it came out. 
Um, but it does have a total runtime of 112 minutes. It doesn't feel anywhere near that long when you watch it. <laughs> it kind of feels like it goes by pretty quick. <laughs> was it? Is it 100? 112 I it was, minutes? No, no, no. Um, how much money it made? I swear it made more than 17. I on box office mojo it says around 17 million US dollars. It's it's not exactly 17 million, but it's roughly 17 million. Hold on, I'm gonna fact check you, but yeah, the. I think that it definitely doesn't feel like a two hour long movie like whatsoever. No, not at all. It feels like it's maybe three quarters that length at most. (laughs) Um, I definitely feel like, (laughs) well, because it's, it's typical trigger, right? Where it's like breakneck action, breakneck speed. Like, no, we just, we just do shit. And then it just keeps going. And it just goes and goes and, and it goes. just keeps they, they take it and they run with it and then they keep running with it. And you're like, well, hold on, trigger, come back. And they're like, ha ha, fuck you. Mm. Um, so let's let's get into two things about this uh, film that we absolutely love. That being its art and animation and its sound design. We'll start with the art and animation first. Um, uh, props to another goat, Yo-Yo Shinari, who did the storyboards for this because it the action in this looks amazing. Um, and also, I wanted to take uh take a few minutes to give some props to the editing in this movie so this movie was edited by uh junichi junichi uematsu uh who also did the editing for b star season one and two um this movie is edited so well like the from the flash cuts to the jump cuts to just the way the scenes go from one to another like the editing is fantastic yeah and it's entirely not entirely but it's mostly done in 3d cg which if you've been on this podcast and you've heard us talk about it, we we aren't giant fans of it because prior to this, I have yet to see a anime do it well. And the reason why, well, actually, there no. are, there are Chainsaw Man, exceptions. Chainsaw Man did their 3D CG well, in my opinion. I know other people are of other opinions. There are occasional exceptions, but by and large, we have not been kind to 3D CG on this no. podcast. No, but. It, Pramar, 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 God, I keep calling him Pramari, 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 that's Pramari. Get it, get it all out right now, John, get it all out. Listen, it just, I want to call it Pramar, Pramari, Promare, <laughs> Promare, okay. Promare, Promare. Just... <laughs> Promare is a mix of 2d and 3d cg and it's a really good blend and when i've talked about 3d cg before especially like i brought up futurama and how uh, matt graining was like the only way we'll make it look fluid from 2d to 3d is if we hyper stylize the 3d to make it super cartoonish and just lean into that mm-hmm. and that's why it looks really good in futurama well that's exactly what they did with promare they exactly went and like they they simplified all the 3d cg so they didn't want to make it too noisy because it's like it's very distracting when it's too noisy. And typically when we see trigger uh, animations and shows, it's like they go heavy ham into the special effects, into the uh, like the storyboards and stuff, the cuts and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's so stylized. You're like, oh, it's action. It's like it triggers like basically comic book, but in anime form. It looks really good. But like Trigger has this formula where it's small talking scene, action scene, followed by a bigger action scene, small talking scene. Like that's the formula. Yeah. But with uh, Premiere, they 
decide to blend the two where it's 3D and then it goes to 2D and it's like the fight scenes are more controlled, but and they're also extremely simple. The effects are beautiful. Was the word yeah. you kept using while we were watching it? Well, it's a, it's it was it's a simple and effective use because you don't want to draw attention to the bad things of 3D CG, which is your backgrounds are going to be terrible because the, the backgrounds were terrible in this. Like there, there were no backgrounds. Uh, that's just typical of kind of monochromatic most of the time. Well, they were just like cut and paste, literally the same freaking picture turned sideways. Yeah. <laughs> like it was the same model over and over. Uh, and I, you know, that's a cost saving measure and stuff like that, but it's very noticeable. And unlike, um, you know, when we reviewed ghost in the shell, um, 2046, was that, 2045 the one that's full cg the full cg one where we you know the huge lack of background and the terrible freaking background it's like it's very jarring to see that so to pull your attention away from that they're like all right here's our big action scenes that you know trigger Mm -hmm. four yeah and here like they they do so many drawing techniques where like they use these uh they use triangles right Mm. to represent like a flame but also as a path and it pushes forward and when all the effects are attacking and going on screen with the uh, the burnished and stuff. Mm-hmm. Those triangles are leading your eyes through the scene, and it does that on purpose because it wants you to don't look at the bad backgrounds because there's not a there's no backgrounds here. But <laughs> look at this cool fight scene, bro! And I'm like, that's very smart, Trigger. Very very smart. And and again, the effects themselves aren't like amazing. They're not like mind blowing freaking um, Demon Slayer levels of like detail of foldable like whoosh, wind uh, water wheel slash and it's like whoa look at the entire panel it's wet it's it's simple but yeah. it works so well because of that and i like it when you when they lean heavily into it and they hyper stylize it makes it better and the only time they ever put any kind of massive detail into the backgrounds is when they're doing the scenes that are almost entirely 2d yeah because they can actually do that yeah <laughs> when they're 2d scenes they're like ah like the thing that comes the thing that comes to mind is like the the scene early on in the movie with the the pizza parlor that they're at mm-hmm. like that scene is mostly 2d animation but then like you look at the backgrounds of that and it's like yeah it's very more it's way more detailed than the action scene that came way before it that's also a trick of like a, a rendering trick thing where it's mm-hmm. like if you're going to be spending a lot of time close up to things mm-hmm. yeah you're probably going to want to spend more time making Details. things more detailed yeah so because that scene is pretty important to the story overall with like the pizza thing, it makes sense that they would do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just big props to the people that that worked on this, all the key animators, all the 3D CG people at um, I'm going to butcher the name again. Uh, Sen Sens again. <laughs> um this this anime, again. we watched the entire credits. They had like 50 people working on the CG. Yeah, they had a bunch of different companies. It was pretty nuts. Um, I do want to point out something that um about this movie. It was in production for a while. Um, from what I've been able to find in my research, I think this was in production since at least the early early 2013. So about the time Trigger oh, was wow. formed. Okay. Um, and it was first announced at Anime Expo in 2017 because we were there and we saw the yeah. announcement. Yeah, Trigger was like, "Hey, we've got." We were cooking things. Big we, things. We've been cooking. That was when they announced uh, Premiere, Darling in the Franks, and um, what was the other one? Um, not Keysniver. No, Keysniver had just come out. What was um, the other one? Um, Gridman. Gridman. Yeah, Gridman. Yeah. They announced all three of those at one time, and, and everyone was like, 
well, you know, Gridman obviously comes from, you know, back in the early 90s, there was a live action TV show called Gridman. And then you have Darling the Frank says, oh, my God, this looks like it's going to be amazing. And is oh, well, we found out later it wasn't. But um, <laughs> and then like Promare, like, what the fuck is this? And that was all they really showed off was like the title and like this very nebulous kind of looking uh, like key art. And that was it. That was all we knew. Yeah. Like no one knew. I didn't know what uh, Premiere was like. Yeah. Just it is trigger title. I'm like, okay, sure. Like I'll watch it. Hmm. Hopefully, it's funny. Like I remember when they went out on a limited Space Patrol Luluco. I really liked Space Patrol oh, Luluco. I love Luluco so much because it's like it's that wacky trigger Inferno Cop type of vibe shit. Mm-hmm. I just like just they don't care about anything. They just care about. Just making it entertaining, and that's. I mean, they were used it. it to create a trigger cinematic universe because almost every other trigger property shows up in that. Yeah, <laughs> even at the end, they used the ending of that show to announce that Little Witch Academia was getting in like a full on series adaptation. Yeah, that's it existed because it was just an announcement trailer. The <laughs> it anime like a, itself a was a twelve an episode announcement trailer. trailer. <laughs> <laughs> that's how Trigger does stuff. They're just wacky and you know off the walls. Yeah, I mean, if if you're going into this thinking that the the 3D CG is going to be like amazing and like you know knock your socks off, like it, it's good for what it is. It's a eff- very effective in what it does, but it's not super detailed. It's not like the 3D no. CG you're seeing like Ufotable make with Demon Slayer or like Chainsaw Man levels of or, like yeah. hype. Yeah, but I will say because they keep it minimalistic, like the design for like um the burnish and stuff that mm. you see in the very beginning with like the the burn burnish gang or whatever they i don't remember the called. mad burnish the mad burnish like that was so cool the freaking entrance scene where he yeah. literally sits on the throne and you're like yo what's <laughs> up bro and like they use the flames to make motorbikes yeah and then it's like their flames are creating things they got one dude is on a freaking atv the other dude's on an actual um like dirt bike yeah and they're just riding around i'm like okay this looks pretty cool because <laughs> i i remember when this came out Everyone on the podcast was like, oh, have you seen Promare? It's so good. Oh, if you liked Gurren Logan, you'll love Promare. And I'm just like, okay, guys, like it can't be that good. All right, <laughs> whatever. I'll watch it eventually. And then quite literally last week, we're like, oh, shit, we got to do a movie review. And I was like, well, we're, let me see the list. And I see Promare's on there. And I'm like, well, I haven't seen it yet. So... <laughs> <laughs> So I guess now is a good time to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> six years, a little a little late, you know, just by six years. But I finally watched it. Better late than never, right? <laughs> better late than never. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I was very pleasantly surprised. I was having a great fucking time watching the, the I movie. knew because you and I watched it together last night. And I knew you were enjoying it because every few minutes I'd hear you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's, it's cool scenes. It's funny. It's references and stuff. And that's like it will get to a little bit more into the actual story and our spoiler yeah, like, section. But there's like there's this... the classic of uh, freaking trigger, like look at our art girl BTW, yeah. right? And the only thing I can say about that about the girl Ina is like they they put her in that um bent over and then we're staring from her ass. She has a couple of ass shots, right? A couple. Like, she has like five. What are you talking about? She has like a couple. Of that. that's a, that's a couple that's a few i guess a few <laughs> ass shots right not too many but in tri- uh typical trigger fashion it's like remember i remember when yoko did this 
Uh, <laughs> and I was like, she's wearing something just like Yoko. You know, she's got a crop top. She's got booty shorts on. I'm like, ah. big difference, <laughs> though. Yoko was 14. I yeah, no. <laughs> We hope that Ina is an adult. I don't know. We, the, I, they the, don't. They don't discuss ambiguous. their ages. It's an ambiguous age, but we're assuming they're adults. Yeah, I mean, it's it's assumed that pretty much everyone in this show or this movie is are adults. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, it's just like it was hypersexualized. And again, because of that, I remember when Promare was airing or when it aired, and everyone was doing the art. Hmm. I didn't see any art of Ina. Like I out there, I saw the because um, the Fujoshis were making the art, man. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a lot of uh, Leo and a lot of Gallo. That that was it. Like no one and a lot of Leo else. and Gallo, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so I didn't even know I existed prior to because you know my exposure to uh, Premiere at this point was just at conventions seeing posters and stuff and i i loved hearing your reaction to to lucia when she came on it's like man trigger really likes their lowly geniuses don't they they always have them at every single freaking show <laughs> i think imaishi might have a problem <laughs> like quite literally in um in kill the kill right there's that yeah. uh the seamstress lady with the the freaking you know, she's a lowly too yeah uh and then you obviously we had rebecca in edge runners yeah um all of little witch academia <laughs> yeah uh space patrol luluco of uh, i don't remember I've blocked Keys Niver out of my fucking. There really memory wasn't banks. one in Keys I don't Niver remember or Darling in the Franks for that matter. Yeah, I don't remember any of them. Any Aloli in either of those two shows. Um, yeah, it's you know I blocked Keys Niver out of my mind too. The only thing I remember is the um, Take on Me. Was that the? Yeah, the the uh, the OP for Keys Niver sounds exactly like Take on Me. Yeah, but hey, that's a great segue in talking about sound design in the OST. The OST Yo, for this this oh movie is absolutely amazing. Our boy Hiroyuki Sawano is back with bangers. I did not know Sawano did the soundtrack for uh, Promare. If I knew that prior to like you would have watched way earlier. last week, I would have watched it a lot sooner. <laughs> but yeah, I was like. Listening to the music, I'm like, oh, the music's really good. And then you know, the credits are rolling in the beginning. It's like, here, Yuki Sawano. I'm like, yo, Sawano did the soundtrack. And Let's I, I do want to, I do want to point out for like the five of you out there listening who may not know who, who Sawano is by his name. He's done the music for Attack on Titan, Guilty Crown, Kill a Kill, Sarah for the End, '86. Uh, Most recently, he's worked on the OST for Bleach: Thousand Year Blood War. Yeah. Um. If you don't know who Sawano is at this point, I can guarantee you at the very least, you've heard his music. Even yeah, if you, you don't know him, you have. Even you don't know him by the name, name, you've heard his music because he is an absolute titan in the anime industry. Right. Um, yeah, the OST is amazing. Um, I do remember him giving an interview at some point after Premiere's release where he was asked, like, what was his... Um, inspiration for the soundtrack and i remember him saying that uh one of his inspirations while he was working on it was the uh han zimmer's score for the movie gladiator the russell crowe movie and, and you can kind of hear it in the somber moments oh yeah no you can definitely feel that inspiration because that's exactly what i thought of when i heard the soundtrack playing i'm like this is very reminiscent of me watching gladiator <laughs> and then you mentioned it i'm like oh that makes a lot of sense yeah i can see yeah. where he got his inspiration for this by the way han zimmer's score for that movie is one of the best movie scores ever i swear to god 
bro, everyone gives the crown to Inter- Interstellar. We know Interstellar's this. Interstellar's soundtrack is so good too. Uh, but yeah, th- this this OST is absolutely amazing. It's somber when it needs to be. It's super pumped and hype when it needs to be. That like uh, I guess you would call it a title song, Inferno. You know, trails of fire, you always that song is a fucking banger. Don't mention it to Ida though, because he gives him PTSD. Oh no. <laughs> He had to listen to this song like 800 times on repeat while he was doing it, um, uh, like uh, AMV for us. <laughs> yeah, that'll make you hate a song real fast. Yeah, uh, I think that w- the OST and the sound design is it's very effective. Mm-hmm. Like it needs to be somber when it needs to be. It makes you feel emotions when you're supposed to be feeling it. And then there's the the goofy aspect, but there's a lot of like triumphic, triumphic, triumphic. Is that is triumphant? That triumphant thank you there's a lot of triumphant music when it needs to be because there's a lot of building the hype like i'm the man here i'm gonna take charge and it's like oh shit this works so well it's my tricky. firefighter's soul is burning yeah like oh it's so good and speaking of good uh we watched this in the english dub uh because alex was like hey is it all right if we watch it in the english dub i said Sure, I guess. Let me just look at the Japanese list. And I, I, I thought it was weird that the three main characters of Promare weren't like well-known voice actors, but actual well-known actors. Yeah, that, that was inter- it's an interesting choice for the Japanese dub to not for the for the main characters. And that the three main characters we're talking about are Cray, um, Leo, and Gallo. They're all done by like um, stage and uh, film actors, not like general like voice actors like you would expect now all the rest of the cast is like well-established voice actors which interesting choice i don't know if it works as well as they thought it would though yeah because prior to or rather the only person studio that i know that does this is disney where instead of hiring voice actors who've been in the industry for tens of years, they'll hire prominent actors just yeah. because they got Disney money. And I want to point out, like, not to discourage the the people who did work on the Japanese dub, the three actors that they did get to do the three like lead roles, they're they're well established and well respected film actors. It's just I don't think they worked really well in a voiceover role for the roles that they had. I think that's because for a lot of uh animation you have to really overact to mm-hmm. really act, right? And none of them are really overacting the in the role in the scenes that they're no, in. No, it's like they're playing it like it's a live action, which is great because in a live action, you have body language, you got subtleties and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You can do minute facial changes to just like convey certain emotions, stuff like that. Yeah. But in an animation, uh, that's really hard to do because <laughs> you got to, like, you know, I'm not going to make my entire team slave away for two weeks just like doing a five minute scene. I mean, yeah. maybe I will. Depends. <laughs> which? <laughs> yeah. Depends on which studio I am. <laughs> yeah. If you're MAPPA, maybe. So. Uh, yeah. yeah. The it, ADR it's... direction in the, the English dub, though, is. Oh. Oh. The, I, I really like the English dub quite a lot. I liked mm. it more than the Japanese for sure. Like, again, mm. the Japanese dub isn't bad. It's not. Yeah. I, I just like the English a lot more. They because... went ham on this dub, like 100%. Yeah, uh, I don't remember who plays who. Oh, Johnny, our boy Johnny Young Bosch plays Leo. One of the, the like, absolute of favorites of this of the Anime Club After Dark podcast, Johnny Young Bosch. Uh, I love Johnny Young Bosch so much. 
I do. You play, I, he plays Leo. You got Billy Kometz as Gallo. Um, who else was it? Um, oh, uh, Steve Bloom was. Oh, yeah. Ignis. Steve Bloom was Ignis. That's right. And I'm just like, Yuri, oh, Yuri Lowenthal man. making yeah, Yuri his Lowenthal. like like necessary appearance in an anime. <laughs> yeah. They had a lot of well-known actors for Promare, which was mm-hmm. good. Great. Matt thing. Mercer is also in this. Is he? What? Yeah. He's um uh Leo's one of Leo's henchmen, uh Guerrera. Oh my god. Why wouldn't Matt Mercer get the lead role here? <laughs> Why wasn't he freaking um well no Billy Comments is really good. They're all good. They're all good voice actors. Every all the actors did a fantastic job. Also, an uh, interesting um interesting thing that happened with the dubbing is um Hiroyuki Imaishi wanted to be like in on the dubbing process so he had final say in who got cast in English and he also sat in on some of the recording sessions as well and I remember when you brought this up last night I I pondered whether or not the reason uh Imaishi did this was because he was disappointed with the Japanese dub Maybe. it was like all right we need the English people to to save this <laughs> maybe i don't know but it's not something you see very often with um with japanese productions like this where they come over and they actually kind of have i think it also might be i think it might also be the fact that trigger is one of the only uh animation studios that cares about their western audience because they understand that they have a lot of western fans not only cares but like they actually sometimes go out of their way to cater to their western fans yeah, like when Chumley showed up in Little Witch Academia. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, the two main characters from Pulp Fiction are in um, Kill a Kill. Yeah. Uh, but it makes sense because Trigger understands, like, if we looked at the box office, right? Like, mm-hmm. domestically, it made, like, $2 million. So the yeah. other, like, 10-ish million dollars came internationally. So yeah. they made five times more money internationally than they did domestically. Granted, some so, of that's coming from like China, Taiwan, Vietnam, places like that. But a, like at least half of their money came from North America and Europe that they made on this month, this movie. Yeah, I mean, I can, I had it pulled up. I don't have it pulled up anymore. But yeah, we the, the North America themselves provided quite a lot of funding to the movie. So yeah. I understand that Trigger Trigger knows this, and they they love their Western fans. They mm-hmm. they're they're West the booze themselves, to be honest. So yeah, I, I think maybe more than likely that's probably why Imayushi sat in on it. Just because maybe. like all right, I want this to be really good for the uh Western fans. Maybe. But I like to think that he was disappointed with the Japanese dub and was like, no, no we can't fuck up the English one, not that one. <laughs> I, I also want to give props to G Kids who distributed this in North America, the the film that is into theaters, and they also have the um the home video release they did um but i want to give them props for the theatrical thing that they did i mean yeah it would have been nice to have like a longer running theatrical run in north america than have like two or three days here and there like they did it but this is also one of the only it may actually be the only i'm not 100 sure about this but it's certainly one of the only uh anime movies that's ever gotten a 4dx uh theatrical release so it's one of those theaters now, where they actually like they'll blast fire in your face and rain like water down on you and shit. They actually have like so in the 4D uh, theater experience, they'll have like little misters to like mm-hmm. simulate humidity or mist or, or like, water splashes. Yeah, uh, which is like it's pretty cool if you're immersed in stuff like that. 
unfortunately for me, I, I can't see like 3D, like 4D max stuff because I have one eye. I don't have that perception to perceive these things. Uh, so it's kind of lost on me. But I, you know, I, I still think it's cool that other people could do it's it. It's a cool concept. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I give G Kids a lot of credit because they didn't have to go that hard on this theatrical release, but they did. I mean, I feel like the reason why the schedule release schedule itself was so bad was because let's see, this was released in 2017. So 2019. 2019. Yeah. So this was after the big theatrical success of your name. So right at this, that's all I was about to say. So we have to look at anime movies through the lens of pre your name and post your name. Yeah. <laughs> because again, your name, it was okay. It was whatever. Not Shinkai's best work in my opinion. However, it changed how anime movies were viewed. In, in the Western West. theaters, because at this prior to this, anime movies would get theatrical runs, like you said, Alex, when you wanted yeah. to watch the um Kizumonogatari, I believe, right? Yeah. It was playing in theaters. You had to drive super far to go see it. I had to drive 175 miles to go see it. Yeah, and I remember when Promare came out, I would have to drive like I think it was like four hours to go watch it, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm not driving four hours to go watch Promare. Like, no, absolutely. But then, but then your name came out and like every other theater in the country was playing it. <laughs> yeah, it because it took anime and turned it into like just for weebs or kids yeah. into just this is just movies now. And not doing not doing it like, you know, maybe one or two days or just over a single weekend. Like your name was in theaters for almost five months. and a half weeks yeah. straight. It was there for like almost two months. Yeah. Like a typical theatrical run. Yeah, and now well, nowadays we're kind of seeing that more and more with Western theatrical releases for for I won't say every uh, anime movie that comes out, but a lot of them. Yeah, because I remember that, for example, um, I'm not sure if you know what Fathom Events is. Yes. OK, so Fathom Events was quite literally the only way to watch anime movies in my state for a long yeah. time. And it would select certain theaters that would have it uh, that I could go and they would do like anime for a month or two. Where yeah. they're like, oh, we're doing all the Ghibli films. Oh, we're doing this anime. We're bringing this over. So it specifically was, I had to go to a specific theater, only like one or two in my state that would play anime films. If I wanted yeah. to watch anime films. So it, it was rough. But now yeah, it's I've like, done, I've done some Fathom event stuff in my life. Um, like they do the Fathom events also, not, not just anime. They do a lot of stuff, but I've done the Fathom events thing for, um, concerts like you know the concert thing yeah concert films that they do they'll put them in movie theaters for like a weekend they they did the um which orchestra was it oh is it trans-siberian orchestra because they do those all the time i don't remember no 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 it was a wasn't the philharmonic it was it was like and it was like video game stuff oh video video games live i don't remember i i just remember they were playing like a something like that but yeah fathom events was quite literally yeah. the only way to watch anime films in movies in my state for a long time. Now it's like, Oh, who, who's the one directing? Oh, Shinkai throw it on there. It's a regular movie now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shinkai is a household name. And, and now they'll even have separate theaters. that will be showing the Japanese and English dub simultaneously. So you can just choose. Yeah. It's we've come quite a long way. And yeah. because of that though, like, you know, again, trigger understands that they have a huge Western audience. So they, they want to make things that, not only that the um their 
domestic audience would enjoy, but also their um, international audience. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I think you guess enough talking about the technical aspects of this movie because we can, that, that's the things we absolutely adore about this movie. Let's talk oh, yeah. about the narrative. So um, spoilers ahead. For those of you who haven't seen it, I think both of us will say, uh, if you do plan to stop here and actually go watch it for yourself, uh, we highly recommend it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I definitely recommend watching it. Um, we'll get into our actual scores for it after we get done here. But yeah, let's talk about the story. Um, if you go into this expecting a deep story, you're going to be disappointed because this is just Trigger saying, is this cool? Okay, let's do it. <laughs> Listen, it was so predictable. I literally predicted the plot up until the end. <laughs> the one thing you didn't predict was uh, Cray being a burnish. <laughs> I did you not. Were shocked. That, I was shook. I, I was like, all right. I literally were introduced to Cray. And I'm like, he's the bad guy. He's definitely the big bad. I was right. And then he has his Homelander move moment about halfway through the movie. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, I didn't see this coming. Literally the first 15 minutes of watching this show. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then like freaking <laughs> the actual story is so dumb i hate it but it's self-aware right trigger yeah. knows that they're not really good at writing uh extremely philosophical effective... stories yeah it's just like we're triggered we just throw shit and it just works right and they quite literally do that where they name they take the todd the howard fuck... approach all of this just works they fucking just it's so dumb i was like all right where are the aliens i'm waiting for the aliens to show up trigger i'm waiting for this to go into space i'm waiting for some weird random shit to happen and weird random shit does happen okay it's trigger but, weird random shit's going to happen it, it always has to like always end up with it's something to do with aliens and it's something to do with space and i was fucking right and I, i'm glad to know that I'm glad to see that Trigger hasn't changed their ways. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, one thing you can definitely not say about this story is that it's super deep or probing or difficult to understand. It's not. Um, yeah, it's... Super predictable. It's super easy to understand. But that doesn't mean it's not enjoyable. Because oh, no. you and I are having the time of our lives watching it last night. I... Dude, the freaking last half of Premiere is just a big love letter to Gurren Lagann. It is. <laughs> Yo, Ian told you this not too long ago that like the last third act of that of the movie is 100% just a giant Gurren Lagann reference. Yeah, it is. The rule of cool, the fucking the, the only difference is instead of, of spirals and anti-spirals, you have flame aliens. He literally gets a drill. Yes, and he does like a giga <laughs> drill break. Yeah, like it's so on the nose, and then the design of how they do the mech suit for uh, the fucking mech suit, bro. The fucking Deus the Ex Machina and the transformations too. The fucking Deus Ex Machina. Oh my god! So the fact that you know the story starts out and it's like, oh, the bad guys are the good guys are actually the bad guys, and the bad guys are actually the good guys. Hmm. I was like, okay, yeah, it's stereotypical story. We've seen this all before, right? Yeah, the, but, the obvious bait and switch. Yeah, the obvious bait and switch, and then it happens, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. But it's it's enjoyable to watch. It's fun. It's triggered. It's just rule of cool, man. It <laughs> it's works. just rule of cool. And then we get to the uh the part where like they discover the the hidden base, and it's like an alien thing. And I'm like, what is this? And I'm like, here it is. Here's the stupid trigger alien shit. <laughs> and it's so story. on the nose, like you said. The the mech is called the Deus Ex Machina, and the whole thing is a Deus Ex Machina. And it's like they're so self aware with it. 
Yeah, like literally the professor is uh Deus Prometh. <laughs> yeah, Deus Prometh, which again, pretty on the nose. Number one, Deus, number two, Prometheus. Yeah, and like he literally explains what's going on with the story that at to this point and like how they can fix it. And then they're like, So what are you gonna do, Professor? And he's like, What do you mean do? I can't do anything at all. I'm just here to tell you. Bye. And I'm like <laughs> I even like how the, the characters are self-aware enough to say, Wait a minute, what would have happened if we hadn't just conveniently landed here and opened up this base? And the the Deus Prometh is like well, I guess Cray would have won and the earth would have been destroyed. <laughs> yeah. I love that. He literally exists to be a narrative ex- expositor. And then it, it, he's aware that he is. And yeah. that the minute he's done with that, he's like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> I also so- like how dur- when during this like explanation he's giving about how like the pro mayor work and everything that's in- interdimensional aliens, you see Gallo just nodding off. Just nodding off. And I felt the exact same way, bro. I was just like, I don't care anything about this. <laughs> uh, and then... <laughs> When, he, when Gallo is explaining, like, the whole thing with the Earth going kaboom, and when he does that kaboom, the background goes all crayon drawn. It's like, because you're getting a glimpse into his mind. Because he's simple and he's an idiot. <laughs> oh, oh, God. And then I, this the is fucking, why I love Trigger. And then the mech that they get to, to save the world is literally called Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, and then and then they're trying to fight Cray with it, and there's and and Gallo's like, I can't fight in something that's so badly named. No, not just badly named. It's like it just doesn't feel cool, bro. I can't get motivated. This doesn't <laughs> set my firefighter soul ablaze. Yeah, and I'm just like that. He has to do an outfit change where the mech goes from like ugly looking like it looks like um, what's that from Big Hero Six? What's his name? The big marshmallow dude. Um, I don't know. I don't remember the big marshmallow dude's name, but, it, but I know who you're talking about. It's big and puffy, and it looks dumb. Yeah. So then, uh, <laughs> so then Leo's like, "Fine, I'll design it, whatever, dude." And he just redesigns it, and it's just it's the classic Gurren Logan of uh, the fucking mech, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like it's got the f- head is now the torso, where it's got the eyes and the mouth. That's the thing. And it's mm-hmm. got its blazing fire and the like the spikes and shit. I'm like, "Yo, Gurren Logan, let's go!" <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just it's and that last that fight with Cray and his mech, and then Gallo names it the Crazer X, the Crazer X, <laughs> uh, versus my Leon to Gallo. No, Gallo to Leon because he's oh no, that's the one at the end. Yeah, uh, when they do that, but no, yeah, he's like, do you like how I I didn't I'm, I'm so humble I didn't put my name first. <laughs> Yeah, but that fight is so like straight out of Gurren Lagann because they, there's a point Bro. where they're just lobbing buildings at each yeah, other. Yeah, they just start the, like the absolute scale. So another thing that Trigger is really well known for is their absolute scale of like here's the super tiny things, and then here are the big giant things. And the fucking um, Adam Smasher lookalike, the Walmart <laughs> Adam Smasher, Vulcan. Yeah, that's his name. I just all the all I the just... names are like either war or flame puns. Yeah, and the, the names were fucking hilarious in the show or in the movie. But Crave Foresight, <laughs> yeah, Crave Foresight. I was like, that's an ominous sounding name. He's probably the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like the the absolute scale of the battles is it's definitely like Garen Logan. They didn't start lobbing universes at each other, which was a shame. No. Or planets and universes, but, but they, they do started... go to space and start punching the Earth. 
Yeah, they start punching the earth and they start throwing buildings at each other and shit. So I'm like, okay, there it is. There's my absolute scale of all yeah. of it. <laughs> and God, the um, the one thing I def- definitely didn't see was Cray being a burnish. That yeah. caught me off guard. See, so you thought he was going to be some kind of anti-burnish. You thought he was going to do some kind of ice thing with when he tried yeah, to power I up thought... at one time and he like closes it out because they go away. Yeah, because given again trigger's track record of we like to insert random weird alien shit into Mm -hmm. our shows so i i figured that with the burnish they probably had like an anti-burnish which is like a frozen people and that's why cray hated the burnish and wanted to kill them all Mm -hmm. and that's what i assumed and then it's like nope he's just a burnish himself that's a clever twist though i thought that was a really well done twist yeah and that was uh i mean was it really necessary for the plot not really just because, like, regardless of Cray being a burnish or not, mm-hmm. he didn't need any other motivation to be evil other than I, I am, I'm evil. <laughs> I will, I will say, I give Trigger a little bit of credit here. Um, the motivation—he's kind of like the ends justify the means kind of villain. Like what he's doing, he is trying to save people's lives, but kind of for the wrong reason. I mean. <sighs> He's not so much trying to save people's lives as he is trying to because Be because hero. he is a burnish. He has to follow his base instincts of like whatever I want to do, I want to do. Mm-hmm. So following that, I think that he wanted to be he wanted to be the one true governor, right? The governor, Governor Cray, the one true god of the society. Yeah, he's the almighty hero that everyone reveres and respects and stuff like that. So he I think be that's pure. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to be a uh, god in their society. So that makes sense why he would like fuck the other burnish. They all can die for my cause and then we'll destroy earth and then I can be the ruler. And if he's the only burnish around and he controls all the tech, like yeah, they wouldn't be able to do anything against them. Yeah. So it, it it made sense, but I do at like the, same the fact time, that I, I just don't think it you needed to have Cray be like some deep villain because again, it, it, it's triggered. It doesn't have to be that deep. No, it doesn't. I do like the fact that they sort of set up the whole thing about the Promare being aliens, if you pay attention early on, because Leo's talking about hearing voices in the flames. Like, if you think about it, that is kind of set up there, and then you actually find out what they are. It's like, oh, no wonder he's hearing voices, because they're alien life forms. I like also the fact that when you can't, when we, the audience, can hear them, it does. it's not intelligible. You can't understand what they're saying. Yeah. So it's a cool I, I, little I detail. Like um, yeah, it, it's not super deep, but boy, is it fucking enjoyable as hell to watch. Also, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the obvious Fujoshi exploitation scene. Oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> yeah, can I just say? So the first time I watched this was at Otakon when they premiered it there in 2019, and there were a lot of women in the room. And boy, when that scene came up. All of their ovaries exploded <laughs> simultaneously. So, I remember, again, around the same time, seeing a bunch of um, Premiere posters, and it would be like Leo X Gallo stuff. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm seeing the two main characters a lot, but I, I don't see anything else from it but these two. And I, I didn't quite understand why it was so popular. Mm. And then, like, quite literally, there's they, they kiss. And I'm like, oh, that's Got why. It. Got it's it. ca- it's canonical now. <laughs> yes. I mean, and it works, right? It's the muscle hunk with the twink. I mean, it works. 
yeah and like the fact that it's even more like literally there's a hot chick i know who's like they really into thinks, gallo by the way she's really into gallo and then there's that scene where gallo's leaning in to catch her and then it looks like they're gonna kiss but then he's just like fuck this bitch he eats her out of here it's like yo there's a burnish over there <laughs> <laughs> he just instantly fucking like nope nope fuck romance <laughs> fuck this kiss bitch bye yeah and i'm like damn bro okay <laughs> but yeah the, you know the film it was very enjoyable I I understand now why you guys like it so much. <laughs> you feel bad, don't you? You're like, you went into it like, it can't be that good. It can't be that good. I didn't go into it hating it. My I just hated the fact that you guys kept saying it was so good. Because the more you hype something up to me, the more it's going to be Let terrible if it doesn't. Yeah, because if it doesn't live up to you, the hype that you're saying it, it it's at, then I'm going to hate it. it. I get it. It's going to make me hate it more than I would have originally if I just was like, yeah, I didn't like it that much. Yeah. Yeah. If you go into something with no like fanfare and it's just bad, it's like, you know, it's whatever. And yeah. Sure. But if you go into something that's bad that a lot of people are hyping up, you're like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? Yeah. And I was like, I don't, I'm not sure how this uh, premiere could be a spiritual successor or a, an open love letter to Gurren Logan. I was like, how would they do that? Like, there's now a, you understand. Now I understand it's just just through the action sequences alone, but the overarching story and stuff like that, kind of like Gurren Lagann as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's the best way to think about it. Really, it is kind of a love letter, not only to Gurren Lagann but just Trigger fans. Yeah, they're like, "Hey, we're still here. We're we're making shows that you'll love. Just just please stay, stay with, with us. With us. <laughs> we we've had a couple of setbacks, but stay with us." Uh, but yeah, that's that's premiere, man. Like it, it's not simple, but it's it's damn enjoyable. And I like the fact that uh, when when this movie ended and the credits started rolling, you're very the next words out of your mouth were easy nine out of ten. <laughs> yeah, solid, dude. Solid nine out of ten. I didn't think I'd like it so much, but you know, with the with how they did the art and design and how mm-hmm. they played onto their strengths. And you know, then you got Hiroyuki um, Suwano, just banger soundtrack, just amazing soundtrack design. And then Imayushi is just obvious, like foresight of like how to place things and how to direct. I was just like, it's it's a good fucking his, time. His his cray foresight, uh-huh. his cray foresight. <laughs> the only weakness, again, it's it's a weakness of a lot of basically all of Trigger's animes is the the story. It's crazy. It's stupid. Like, <laughs> and it doesn't matter. It who doesn't cares? because who no one cares about that. Who just who cares about the story being like cohesive or making sense? We're throwing planets at each other right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> so who fucking cares? Hey, calm down, kids. The adults are throwing galaxies at each other. <laughs> so yeah, a, a fucking solid film. Yeah, I I agree. Nine out of ten for me as well. Like just absolutely easy. I mean, I may even go so far as to say maybe a nine point five. It is just a little bit off that ten. If it had like a really cohesive, deep, probing story, one hundred percent ten out of ten. Yeah, but I mean, again, Trigger they're self aware of that, so it's fine, yeah. right? Um, I will say this, uh, and this is kind of my closing thoughts on the movie. It's not the best anime movie ever made, in my opinion, but it may be the most enjoyable to watch. <laughs> it's like all of Trigger's films and animes. Yeah, most, most of their anime. They're not the best, but damn, are they fucking enjoyable. 
yeah, that's that's kind of my closing thoughts on, on Premiere. Like it it's it's certainly nowhere near the best. It, it's no Ghost in the Shell, but man, it's almost as enjoyable as Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, that's it. That's Premiere. That's our review of it. Um, I I think I'm I'm they're not here, but I think I'm fair in saying that both Natai and Shinoda would probably give this at least a nine or a ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> maybe one of them would surprise me and give it an eight instead oh but man, i don't that know that would be shocking again I, the person who's the most critical of trigger is me and i gave it a nine so i i, I highly doubt the rest of you guys would give it anything less i think i think i remember chinoda said he gave it a 10 out of 10 and i think natai and i have talked about it and i think he gave it a nine out of ten so um it's been a while so i could i could be getting that wrong remembering that wrong but yeah safe to say i think all four of us here on this podcast now can thoroughly recommend watching premiere yeah it's a fun uh, time uh but watch it in english it, it's a it's a much better experience one of the few times i will say that about an anime yeah the english stuff just goes really hard like it, it's just it's done really well mm-hmm. again very good well-known actors in the sphere not to admonish the Japanese actors again. No, not were, at all. They were fine. They were fine. It's good. It's just not as good. <laughs> it's yeah, it's good, but it could be better. <laughs> it could be. You could put Dio in this. If Dio was Cray, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely thought Dio would be Cray. Because he has that type of voice where like when he goes nuts, goes insane. Yeah. I could definitely see Dia's voice actor being in the spoofiest gray. But anyway, <laughs> we're going to end it there. Thank you, everyone, for dropping by to watch us review this movie. Please don't forget to like, share, uh, comment, all that stuff down below. Uh, subscribe if you want to see more as well. Um, you can also check down below to find links to Anime Club After Dark on Twitter, on um, TikTok. Uh, join our Discord server if you haven't already. There's always crazy stuff going on there, and some of the craziest fucking conversations sometimes go on there. I swear. <laughs> um, also have a merch store where you can buy uh, Anime Club After Dark merchandise if you would like to help us out and show off your love for the podcast. But until next time, I have been your host Alex, and we will see you then. Say goodnight, John. You know we didn't discuss that this takes place in like New York City. Yeah, but it's not that big a deal, is it? <laughs> no, but I thought it was interesting that they chose New York of all places. Uh, maybe Imaishi vacation there and was... Maybe, I don't know. It was just weird. I was like, this is actually set in, like, America. I, I think it's funny that... And maybe it's the same reason. Maybe that's why part six of JoJo's takes place in Florida. Rocky <laughs> just came here on vacation. He was like, you know, I could see JoJo's taking place here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye. Anyway, bye. <laughs>